Hello, M.M. How are hey, you? Hey, Katie. I think I'm, I'm a four out of five Rikers today. How are you? <laughs> I, I, you know, four out of five Rikers seems about right. I slept decently. Good. Our little movie club watched a great movie yesterday. Oh, so good. I mean, even when so we watch good. bad movies, it's a wonderful time. But when it's a True. good movie, I feel like we just all have a little bit of a pep in our step. Listeners, we watched yes. Love and Monsters starring Dylan O'Brien. And uh, it's a fun one, my dudes. It's fun. It was very fun. I did not have any monster dreams, which was great. Although I do have to tell you something that I have not told Super Husband. So when he told me, oh, yeah, Katie, I asked you know, did, did you guys decide on a movie t- for tonight? And he said, oh, oh, yeah, Katie and I agreed we're going to watch this movie. I thought he said Gods and Monsters. <laughs> With uh, Brendan Fraser and uh, yes. Halle Berry. <laughs> yes, and I looked it up just to make sure that was the movie I was thinking of, and it was. And so then we were getting ready for movie night, and I said, so how did you... fun one and watching uh super husband and mm uh freak out on our zoom <laughs> okay. when something was particularly gross uh just heightened the comedy for me i mean because you know what he does he tries to hide his eyes <laughs> and i'm like watch it with your eyes you were you were shouting watch it with your eyes yep so yeah four out of five rikers i feel um and also happy to be chatting with you today uh, Always. because we are bi-coastal besties. That's right. Bonding over wine. And mysteries. Uh, what kind of wine were you drinking last night, Katie? It was because I am a Atelier de Sud hive. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> Atelier de Sud is a uh, winery that wink like offers quite a bit and they keep offering different varietals and I keep buying them and I keep loving them. So it was a Voignier. Is that how you pronounce it? Viognier. Viognier. Ha 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 from Atelier de Sud. Quite good. Nice. There's There are a lot of uh, Viognier wineries in Virginia, which is the only reason I don't know <laughs> how to say that. Uh, I was drinking a lovely Pinot Gris, which again, I don't usually get behind, but um, and this one was from... Italia. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there, I don't know if there's an equivalent for Ciao. <laughs> if we're, oh. we're going to, not to steal that from uh, Eddie Azard, like being on a, a little, um, you know, Vespa. motorbike, a little Vespa, like, mm, ciao. That's uh, on her, uh, her special dress to kill. And I still laugh at it every single time. I don't think we actually finished our intro. Oh, yeah, we're bonding over wine and mystery. <laughs> yeah, 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 besties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, besties. I'm Katie. I'm Amanda, and this is the one time yeah. mysteries podcast. Okay. Yeah, I think I did it. I think I started it out of order because I was like, I'm going to bring it home and like get the intro in there and then just <laughs> messed up. Diverted. Speaking of four out of five Rikers, I am super curious. Was Frakes wearing the same camel color jacket and blue button down? He was not. And it is literally <gasps> the first line of my notes. <laughs> New outfit! Exclamation point! <laughs> so season two episode three of beyond belief factor fiction we start with a new frakes outfit looking quite dapper in a black suit and a a shirt that is black and dark gray stripes so at first i thought he was full mafia with black on black Mm. but when he gets closer you see that there's stripes on the shirt 
Very nice. So dapper. So <laughs> his his intro line as he walks into, you know, Morticia Adams's mansion sure. is fact or fiction. Are they really that different? To which I say, yes. Quite. Yes, they are. Quite. Yeah. They're uh, antonyms, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if they weren't, I don't think we would have this show. Um, so, don't talk yourself out of a job, Franks. Don't do it. Our theme, once again, is a variation on can you believe what you see? Um, so his overarching prop is again, there's like an ornate easel and there's like a painting thing on it. And so this is, it's it's like, it looks like someone took like an ink brush and did like a line drawing of a man's face in profile. And he goes, what you see is not always what you get. Is this an honest man? Um, or is the answer written? And then he takes it and he turns it to the side. <gasps> and it turns out that the line that makes this man's face actually spells the word liar when you turn <gasps> it to the side. Drama. Can you spell drama? So he wow. goes, the answer is written on his face. Dang, Frakes. Wow. So uh, the man who seems to be telling the truth uh, may turn out to be a liar, which made me just harken back to last week's episode. Why are men... Yeah, <laughs> baby, you're so foin. You're foin fucks the face. <laughs> foin, foin. Um, and then he, he like, so he turned it to the side to do the liar reveal. He puts it back. And then after he gives his big line of, you know, they might turn out to be a liar, he turns it again for, like, effect. So, <laughs> once again, we have five stories. This first In one. In case you already forgot what the man's face looked cow. like. Let me re-remind you just real quick. Okay, they were very, you. very proud of that optical illusion. So, our first story is called The Wall. And our Frake setup, there isn't really a prop, but he's in not the same room. He's not in the normal mansion room. He's in a big, empty room that is completely dark. And he's sitting in a chair, and then there's a lamp with a light on him, as if he is in an interrogation room. Okay, is it like a blue light? situation no it's like it looks honestly looks like a large pixar lamp just shining light on his face as if it's like an interrogation situation but it's like they were like well we want to pull this off but we don't have a big dangly uh like pendant light or anything like that but we do have this pixar lamp let's just i'm sure there's someone dressed all in black like holding it but like it's dark so you can't see (laughs) so he's sitting in the chair okay He's sitting in the chair, dramatic light on his face, and he goes, innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, that's the base of our justice system. And I was like, get what oh, freaks. is it um, So, but then he says, some people ignore this. And, yeah. you know, they believe oh. that, uh, you know, they need to do what they need to do. And so he says, Craig Hoffman was one of such person. He Wait, are we talking if, about like vigilantes? I'm sorry. I'm trying to follow. I here. think he's thinking uh, cops that think all people are bad. Is Oh, what? so just or, reality. Okay. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> A cab. Okay. So Craig Hoffman was one of these such people. He believed if you were brought in, you must have done something to deserve it. So, so Craig is the policeman. Craig Hoffman is our like main guy. And so cut to the actual... Uh, skit where it's in an interrogation room and sims is our perp he's brought in and hoffman's already in the interrogation room with a shitting grin on his face the uh, so okay there's sims who is the perp there is officer sams who is the kind of looks like robert patrick 
kind of like officer that brings Sims in. Come on, writers, you got this. Yeah, exactly. Just change, right. cha like change more than a Val Jones, and then and then we have Hoffman, who is our bad guy. So Hoffman has a shit-eating grin. Sam's puts Sims in the chair, locks him up, and it's just like. And so Hoffman goes, "What do you know about that robbery on Fourth? And you know." It was armed robbery. You were picked up a block away, but a witness picked you out of a lineup. But you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? And Sims is like, I would like my lawyer, please. I am invoking my rights. Right? Um, and so cut to, and I, I mentioned this before we started recording to MM, but there are a lot of people that I recognize as just like character actors in this episode. And so I was like looking people up. So this is John Billingsley who typically plays like dorky scientist teachers or like if there's a, someone in a lab, like that's what he is. But he's definitely been like a villain. I think he was a murderer on Bones once. Like when you look at his IMDb, it's like one-off episodes of a lot of like serial television. And he's so I'm a just working like, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay. I'm just like, I like I definitely recognize him. Um, uh, he says, I want my lawyer. Hoffman is like, we're just talking. And it's like, uh, he invoked his rights, motherfucker, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, um, and so Sims is pissed and it's just like, go to hell. Good. So, you go to hell and you die. Yeah. And that like yeah. lights a fire in this shitty cop's eyes. And uh, he's like, we have to have a more <gasps> casual converse and confidential conversation. And so Sam's, who is again, like this, like doesn't stand up for himself or do anything, comes to like readjust his cuffs or whatever. And um, is like whispering in Sims's ear, like just do what he says, like admit to whatever he wants Ultimate you to admit good to. Ultimate good cop, bad cop routine. And he's like, even Come if on. you have to take it back later, like take it back. Did they let you have take backs? I mean, I don't think. I mean, like you always hear, like, oh, they recanted their confession, but like, no, no. Um, he's like, just do it, just do it. Um, anyway, so then, uh, Sam's also does try. He goes, um, um, Craig. Maybe I could talk to him instead. And Hoffman's like, <laughs> you can leave. Thank you. I'm going to beat the shit out of this person. So sure, yeah, Sam's leaves. Do. Hoffman launches into what is clearly something he always launches into, where he's like, confession is good for the soul. Consider Ew. me your priest. Ew. And no. uh, Sims goes, uh, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which then causes Hoffman to beat the shit out of him and oh, like cut to outside. On. Sam's is looking in and goes eventually goes in, goes, stop, stop, stop. He needs a doctor. So they, he's leading him out, like carrying him out, basically. And another officer comes in to help carry him. And he's like bleeding all over the place. And as he leaves, he puts his hand and it is not a natural movement whatsoever. He just like reaches to put his handprint on the wall next to the door. It's one of those yeah. things where if he was stumbling, it would kind of make sense. But since he's being carried, he's like, and like lun lunges to put his <laughs> hand on the door. To I leave mean, a on bloody handprint. To leave a bloody handprint. Yeah, you do. On the wall. The title sure. of our little skit. He leaves and, you know, I assumedly goes to jail. So cut to Hoffman's interrogating someone else. And he sees that the print is still on the fucking wall. Ew, because so, he never cleaned it? Gross. Apparently they did, and it came back because he calls McCarthy, <laughs> the other officer, in, and, Mac and he's like, McCarthy, what the hell? And then he says, super rate. Like, obviously, you're supposed to hate this guy, but he goes, uh, if they don't clean it better this time, I'm going to start checking some green cards. <gasps> 
so racist. Oh. Um, and but McCarthy also sees it too and tries to wipe it off with his hand. So ew, it's, don't wipe off the blood with your hand. <laughs> so it's not just like okay. Like Hoffman, like hearing sure. a telltale heart, right? Like other people can see it. <laughs> Multiple people are seeing this and trying so, to spread this man's blood around with their bare hands. Cool, calls cool. in a painter. Painter is painting it. And as he's painting it, it's like, it just like shows back through. But it's using, you know, 90s technology. So it's clearly just like fading back in. Like it's not, it doesn't look yeah. like it's like seeping through the paint. It's just like me. It's like they faded, like faded one <laughs> yes. shot to another. It's just, it looks hilarious. So... Uh, then, so Hoffman is super insulting to the painter because he's like, why can't you do this? He's like, plaster over it. God, gets plastered over it. So Hoffman is in the interrogation room. Sam's comes in and goes, remember Sims? And it's clear that Hoffman has no idea who he's talking about. And, and Sam's reminds him, you know, he was that guy. Um, the nerd that you beat the shit out of. Basically. Yeah. He's not Catholic. And uh, Hoffman goes, oh yeah, that guy, what happened? And um, Sam's is like, some crackhead in jail saw him like didn't like how the way he was looking at him and killed him and of course hoffman is horrific about this and then goes well good for the crackhead like he finally stopped the revolving door of sims getting in and out of jail all the time that's awesome and like it's clear that sams is like super disgusted so he leaves the interrogation room closes the door behind him um and then hoffman gets up to like leave and the door is locked and Sam's didn't do anything. He just closed the door. But the door's locked and he can't get out. And he looks over at the plaster and the hand comes through again. Dun, 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 dun. And then um, cut to Frake's voiceover. What happened that night has been reconstructed by investigators. Um, it seems that he had fatal traumatic shock to his nervous system that <laughs> night. And cut, traumatic shock. And basically what you see happen like, is he gets choked by something invisible. Mm, and then fall you know and then falls like darth vader very you know yeah uh but like then falls back onto the interrogation table and like has like handprints on his neck and Mm. end of story so frake is just like is this story true or the handprints of a writer all over it so the options basically are you know did he imagine this and like he like you know was like freaking out and like choked himself in like out of guilt or was something going on here and like sims was getting his revenge yeah the ghost of sims came back okay so number one yeah. when you said that this guy's name was sims yep. all i could think of was the game the sims and so i've been picturing <laughs> a little sim person whoa, in my whoa, head whoa, the whoa. entire like time speaking, speaking simlish. simlish yeah exactly yeah. um i'm gonna go true on this one so fact because can I see everything in here happening up until him dying of traumatic shock syndrome? Am I shocked that there is a cop beating mm-hmm. a perp and being disgusting? No. no. Unfortunately, no. Got it. All right. Because what so country do we live in again? Garbage country. Um, I mean, we're getting less garbagey by the day. We are working on it. So, story two. Story number two the chalkboard um so the prop is a chalkboard obviously what is it a black chalkboard or a green chalkboard this might be important great and it says this school on it which makes sense later but definitely makes no sense for the actual intro this This. school this school frick says is there anything more annoying than the the, uh, sound of chalk on a chalkboard and i'm like yes Yes. it's nails on a chalkboard but then he takes a piece of chalk 
and like goes like like makes like a like a big line across it and like scrapes it so hard that like it makes a screeching noise and I'm like I mean that sucked but normal chalk on a chalkboard but I don't know if I'd say it was annoying our chalkboard tonight emits a sound from hell itself (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm gonna make it okay (laughs) This one is great. This is just the beginning. And when I reenact the sound that it actually makes for you, yes. you're going to be like, that's a little bit of hyperbole. So <laughs> cut to we are in uh, a classroom and uh, some four students are in detention. Two bullies, a honor student, and I assume what is supposed to be a nerd because he's there because he faked a note to get out of gym class. But he okay. doesn't look like stereotypical nerd. He doesn't look like um, Mikas from Boy Meets World or anything. Two bullies, an honor student, and a nerd. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a full breakfast club, but you know. Okay, yeah, we're we're short a couple, but all right. <laughs> our honor student Claire is our voiceover person. She goes, uh, you know, I can't, couldn't believe I was there, but after what happened that night. And I was like, that night? It's dun, dun. definitely daytime. You can definitely dun. see light coming in, but also like, how late? Yeah, they it's very like these kids in detention. And there, okay. there's definitely no teacher in there. And eventually there's like, well, when Miss Sawyer comes back, I'm like, again, much like I would steal a dryer if it's unsupervised. Mm-hmm. If I'm not supervised in detention, am I still in, am I still in detention yeah, or did I, mean, I leave? If these, if these uh, children have done something heinous enough that they are in detention, it seems like that would warrant a rather strict supervision of their time as opposed to honor system i'll be back in an hour i gotta run an errand i don't think they wanted to cast another person so (laughs) that does cost money we there's a there's two bullies and one of them is spitting spitballs at the nerd and the nerd is standing up for himself and going like stop leave me alone um and the bullies are in there what's he going like stop leave me alone um and so the bullies are in there because they were bullying the janitor Oh, so. that's unacceptable. Mm-mm. Wait, oh, wait, it gets worse. So they're they're teasing Claire, like, why are you in here? And she's like, well, I let a friend copy my answers on a math test. Claire, peer pressure is a horrible thing. You're but also, where's your friend? Yeah. Your friend should yeah. also be in detention. Agreed. Whatever. Unless her friend is the nerd. No, but the nerd was there for a different reason, though. But, like, as she says that, like, one of the other bully, like, bully two, who's actually, like, clearly nicer than bully one, is just, like, gives her a nod of respect. Um, <laughs> so, in comes the janitor. I... <laughs> in comes the janitor. And bully one goes, hey, it's Mr. Mumbles. And gets up. And so, as Mr. Mumbles is, which I hate to call him, but they don't give him a real name, so. They don't even give him a real name. They're like, don't call him Mr. Mumbles. His name is Mr. Johnson. Right, they do not. So he's cleaning, but he's not facing them. And so Bully One gets up behind the janitor and is like doing like dances and like movements at him. And then Claire goes, stop. Don't you know he's a deaf mute? So number one, the the getting up behind him and dancing thing, not cool anyways, right? Those, again, why the teacher should be in there. Their asses should be in the seats. Number two, is Claire implying that it's only wrong because he's deaf and mute? Maybe not that's the only reason, but I think, like, that's why he was doing what he was doing. Like, if he wasn't a deaf mute, he'd bully him in a different way. But he was doing things because he's like, haha, he can't hear me. So, like. Oh, okay. And he can't say anything to me. Right. He Yeah, basically. Well, then can you. Re- okay. Anyways. <laughs> Any- moving on. So, 
Um, so he goes and, and then eventually Bully, even Bully 2 is just like, leave that man alone. That's why we're in here anyway. So like even Bully 2 is like, come on, bro. And so Claire starts like Mr. Mumbles, like gets up, like stops like emptying a trash can or whatever and looks over and Claire starts doing sign language with him. And they're having like a conversation and Bully 1's like, what is he saying? And Claire's like, he's saying you're harmless and to just ignore you. <laughs> so clearly this janitor is full of grace. And yes, yes. Janitor leaves. They're sitting. They're bored in detention. And then Bully gets up and writes, this school sucks on the chalkboard. And when he... And so... Straight from hell itself. (laughs) And so then he goes to underline it. And they are going in on this chalk. And as someone who loved to write on the blackboard, it's like hurting me. I'm like, respect. Right? chalkboard and the chalk so he's just like just the general institution of the school you know Mm. so he takes the chalk and he's like going like real hard to get to like underline his anger and it makes this noise this is the sound from hell itself okay (laughs) (laughs) what noise From hell itself. From hell itself. And they're like, what was that screaming? And I'm like, there was definitely no screaming. She's like, make another line. Because they couldn't hear anything out in the hallway or anything. And he does it again. And So (laughs) Claire goes, clearly someone's in trouble and we have to help them. Are they, Claire? And so the the nerd offers to stay behind and wait for Mrs. Sawyer because he's scared. But she's like, okay, keep drawing on the chalkboard, though, so we can follow the sounds of the screams and no. find him. And the bullies are like the screams. The mm-hmm. so um so they're all three of them go out in the hallway and they're like and and nerd is back in the um, room like drawing lines on the chalkboard. And he's like, I'm never gonna cut Jim again. Um, <laughs> And he keeps, and like he's, and they're all acting like it's not even bad acting. It's just like they should have put in screams and not like they couldn't afford the screams, Katie. Again, that costs more money. They spent their entire budget renting Morticia Adams' house. They didn't do any ADR or anything. It's just so (laughs) they're following it. They get to a point of. Oh, it's coming from here. And, like, the bullies are getting into it now. They're like, we gotta find this. And, like, there's, like, a gate. Like, one of, like, kind of like an oldie-timey elevator-looking gate. Yeah. That's locked. In the school. In the school. And Bully 2 is like, I got this. And pulls out a pocket knife. Children, why do you have weapons at school? At school. And he goes to, like, pick the log. And, oh, my God, it's the funniest thing on the face of the planet. Because he literally just pokes it twice. It doesn't even go, like, in any. Like, it's the tip of the knife goes into, like, where the key would go. But that's Mm -hmm. it. And then he's like, got it. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, Nerd is still drawing. So they keep hearing, "Eh, eh," like, and they're getting a little louder. But they're not, again, they're not screams. It's basically, like, moaning. It's like, like, you know, it so, sounds like a like a like a constipated dog noise is like what right. Like, like and so they basically Ugh. so they go down these <laughs> stairs, and as they're getting closer, you start seeing like a basementy type area. They're shooting it super like um, sure, sure. Are there any super blurry and everything? And not really. Like it just it looks like a storage room or like a boiler room. Like there's sure. lots of pipes and stuff. Probably where Mr. Mumbles lives. Oh, did I guess it? So they finally get down there and they're like, where is it coming from? 
And then they see Mr. Mumbles is trapped underneath a gigantic pipe that somehow fell from the ceiling. But they didn't hear the pipe fall. They've yeah, just heard, heard the, the pipe fall. And the miraculous like, screams from the chalkboard. And it wasn't like any water or gas. No, came there's out no of this nothing's pipe. happening. And like the pipe's pipe. not even like he's not hot. It's not hot. Like it's because it's boiler room. There's some steam in the room and everything. But like there's not. You know, he's just trapped under this big heavy pipe. Okay. So they're like, oh no! And so they run over there. The boys hold up the pipe and uh, Claire like pulls the janitor out. He's just like, and like doing the sign for thank you Mm -hmm. over and Mm -hmm. over. And that's it. Um, And the bullies are like, we're so sorry. And they like shake his hand or whatever. End of story. Um, So the wrap up. What? Could the sounds of a man in the- end of the story? Oh yeah. The sounds from hell on the chalkboard. Um, So could the sounds of a man in distress be communicated through a chalkboard or was it coming in through the vents? But how would a man who is both deaf and mute be able to, to scream anyway? To figure out if this is fact or fiction is, is not an easy exercise, but it is your assignment. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that they like hyped it up that there was going to be these demonic yeah. actual nails on a chalkboard would have been worse than like i was ready for like a demon dog to come out of that chalkboard what so the our mystery here is fiction fiction Fiction. okay okay i'm sorry i can't so even if it's fact i cannot support the way that they wrote this story no (laughs) no false okie dokie so story three the getaway Frank's intro, the props, like, so he has, so he's in his Morticia Adams room. Okay. Uh, back in With his normal area. Candelabras. Lots of candelabras. Okay. Mummies, sarcophagus, etc. A little bit misty, blue light. The prop, so he's got a table and on there, there's like stress balls and um, one of those perpetual motion tick, 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 tick type, you know, where the ball, the ball hits uh-huh. the thing. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah. And he goes, how many reports have you read about the dangers of stress? Stressful, aren't they? And then, he's, and then he says that combating stress has become an industry. And then he proceeds to say, squeeze this, rub this. <laughs> okay. oh, sorry, squeeze this, rub this, listen to this. But squeeze this, rub this. And I was on the floor laughing. It's like the new Eat Pretty Much. Squeeze this, rub this. Bop it, squeeze it. Um, <laughs> and then he picks up the stress balls and he's like doing them. Nobody Diane- to this before they produce. Oh, okay. Or they do and they're like, yeah, <laughs> leave that one in. Um, so <laughs> Diane Lerner is our person here, our main character. She's taking, she's a workaholic. She's feeling a lot of stress. She's taking her first vacation since she started at her company. Company, never specified. The company, um, sure, yeah. She is recognizable. She is played by Michelle Hurd, who has been in Picard. She was in Daredevil um, as, I think, a cop or a DA or something. She's driving in her little sedan um, on, you know, this road, and she's talking on this her big honking cell phone. Sure, like you do. It's 1998. She's wearing the chunkiest sweater I've ever seen. Um, Good for her. Feeling those fall and winter bags. Right? To the point where it's so chunky and oversized that mm-hmm. she has rolled the sleeves, like, uh, you know, like, as if she's cuffing them, but yeah. they're still going to her wrist. Here's a question. So it looks like if it was uncuffed, it would go way past her hand. Here's a question. 
Is the knit itself also chunky? Yes. Oh, I'm kind of jealous of this sweater. Soup, soup's cozy, and it's a cardigan, as we see when she gets out of the car. So, talking on her big cell phone, uh, Ross is who she's talking to. He does not matter. Ross but Geller, like, got it, got it. Got it. <laughs> so she's basically going like, "You need to look at this spreadsheet and look at cell 24." I'm like, "Who oh. knows what cell?" You-? And he's like, "You can hear him on the phone going." Just do this when you get back from your vacation. We are not going to fall apart without you. And he's like, much. <laughs> but he's basically like, he's basically like, unplug. Please stop. And she's mm-hmm. just like, bah, 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 I'm going to work. So she gets out to this cabin. It's beautiful. And it's like, say they say woodland cabin. There ain't a lot of woods. Woodland gonna... cabin. Like a woodland creature. A woodland cabin. I, there's like a couple trees in the front yard, but like, it's not like in the forest or anything. But it's absolutely beautiful. She's like, and and Frakes is like, and the key was right where the landlady said it would be. I'm like, that's useful voiceover, but it's under, shouldn't it's, be? it's it's under the mat. Um, so she uh. gets into the house, and the house is like it's <laughs> decorated with antlers and fucking horseshoes, and well, it's like super like hello, woodlandy. He did kitschy. say it was a woodland cabin. Was yep, the chandelier yep, yep. made out of antlers? Please tell me. And literally, Frakes was like. The furnishings were perfect. <laughs> I'm like, this is the weirdest description. For Gaston, ever. the furnishings like, were perfect. <laughs> he uses antlers in all of his decorating. But, you know. So then he says, but it was so quiet. It was spooky. Which, yes, that happens when you're, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I have gone way past a very important detail. So huh? she's driving. I left out an important detail. So she's as she's driving out there, she's talking on her cell phone. Terrace. She finally hangs up the terrace. She finally hangs up the cell phone. She puts it on her passenger seat next to a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Picks up the bottle of water. Mm-hmm. Drops the bottle of water <gasps> down to like the passenger footwell. This is my most hated thing that TV shows do. This is how they kill Dawson's dad on Dawson's Creek. He was having some ice cream. He dropped the cone. Oh. And he is driving and he looks away and was trying to pick it up and then crashes and dies. Nobody does so, that. No, she, well, especially with I, an ice cream cone. Can we like? What's the point in even picking that up until you get to where you're going? You're not going to pick it up and eat it, right? It's it's full of leaves and sand and oh. dirt and stuff. Anyway, whatever. So she drops the water bottle into the passenger's thing, and she's like, ah. and she instead of stopping driving, goes and reaches to go get it. No, ma'am. which I'm just like, stop! If you need that water so bad, stop driving. Michelle heard you're better than that. You're better than this. So she's doing it, and. Then she, like, realizes she can't reach it and gets up. And she sees, like, a kind of a rock boulder situation kind of jutting out into the road. But, like, the road road goes around it. But it's one of those things where if she, because she wasn't paying attention and kept going straight, she would have hit it. So she swerves and is like, oh, oh my gosh. So then gets to the beautiful woodland cabin. Okay. She's in it. She's looking around. It's so quiet. It's spooky. And then she turns around and is absolutely terrified because the landlady's there it's like the landlady snuck in or something and she's just like Wah! and she's like i didn't expect anyone to be here and she's like i'm mrs james and it's very very clear when they shot this that neither of these women were on the same set there is no, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> there is no shot of them look, together michelle it's had all, a very tight schedule it's all very like you know just the one shot of michelle heard and she's talking and she's talking to someone on, who's like probably a pa standing there mm-hmm. so she has an eye line and then cut to mrs james who's this old lady who's doing the same thing and like their tones don't really match up because they're not talking to each other nice it's very 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 Lovely. cool okay. um so the landlady lives a mile away she's the closest person to this cabin 
And Mrs. James is like, I'll bring you the paper every morning. The next morning, Diana's out on the beautiful wraparound porch and is, you know, working with her big brick of a laptop and everything. And she starts hearing voices. Well, okay. Frank says she starts hearing voices. It's children's laughter. She hears children's laughter. And so she's just like, like, this Um, is not what I paid for. Right. And so she sees kids like far away and she goes hey excuse me excuse me excuse me and it goes on for way too long why does and she the need to talk like, to these children she's an adult don't, right the kids don't, well i think she wants to tell them to shut the fuck up like i hate children's laughter go away don't play in my yard please and they sort of run behind a rock and then they're gone because um, ghost children could be i mean possible so then it's quiet again and she's like psyched um so then <laughs> finally diane is in a bubble bath with candles everywhere and is talking on the phone to the landlady. And I'm like, you could have taken this call at a different time. Um, and she's just like, what about those kids I saw? And like a landlady's like, uh, there's no kids that live anywhere near here. Like the closest people that have kids, those kids are grown and gone. They've been dead for 20 <laughs> for years. years. And she, and so Mrs. James is like, are you okay, dear? Like, are you really okay? <laughs> and then Diane does not seem bothered by this fact that she saw possible ghost children she's just like no i'm fine it's cool whatever (laughs) it's what happens the next day the she's working on the porch again and the kids are closer and the kids are like oh my god they you hooed her wow they yeah and um and she gets super she gets super mad and she's like i I told you to not play here no that's not what she said and she's why do you persist in playing this game and i'm like who wrote that why do you persist in playing this game also the children um, will definitely be responsive a to oh, that yeah, language yeah. and b to that they will definitely not want to taunt you after that so good <laughs> job and the kids are like probably like eight they're not like old kids <sighs> they're definitely like kids where their laughter is like the tinkling of light bells but, like but also like- that's a prime age for all they want to do is punk you. So, like, yeah. oh, whatever yeah. you say is just going to be mocked incessantly. So, like, just It's stop. just like, it's like that John Mulaney joke where he's just, like, kids of that age, um, they'll say the meanest thing to you, but they're not being mean. They're just, they'll, they're just saying what they see. He has girly hips. Oh, no, that's the thing I'm most sensitive about. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, why do you persist in playing these games? And the kids are like, come with us like in motioning for that her to follow them she's come like with no. us to hell. um and and literally you hear it's time come with us it's time for you to meet satan this is creepier way creepier than the sounds of hell from that child <laughs> just like to say <laughs> to the and the kids, kids are also go, uh, and just just for your details uh, when you're guessing the yeah. kids are definitely dressed in modern dress i mean but we have seen before with these writers that does not matter Right, in their but I didn't want, I mean, they're not wearing, like, Victorian they're gowns. They're not wearing pentafores. Right. They, pantaloons. So. Are they playing, are they playing, um, with a stick and hoop? They are not. Are they, they riding? All in, they're all in windbreakers. They're all in those color block mm. windbreakers. Are they riding on a penny farthing? <laughs> 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 okay, so cut to next day. We get nothing else from that day. She's just like, no. And she goes inside to work and she's like, it was blissfully quiet again, right? I just so, I just stayed in the bath for the rest of the day. So next day, um, she comes out again and they're much closer. And she's also like way nicer to them. And she's just like, oh, hello. 
Um, and they're like, are you ready to come with us now? And then they start going like, the, like the main, like the kid that's uh-huh. closest, like goes like this and points down, which is where the Satanist. newspaper, <laughs> yes, also, also <laughs> but the newspaper that the landlady leaves every morning and yeah. she goes, and Diane's like, oh, you want me to read it? And so she picks it up and opens it. Mm. And Top it, fold. Yep. And she looks at it, drops it, mm-hmm. and then goes, yes, let's go. And joins them and like is like prancing away. What? Holding hands with these kids, like going away. Creepy. So, yeah, right? No, and, she was never heard from again. And so Mrs. James, the landlady, comes by like and sees her going away. And it's just like, Diane. Diane and she doesn't hear and she's just gone and she picks up the paper you know she picks up the paper Mm -hmm. and it says Seattle woman dies in car crash (laughs) and the sub the subheading is Diane Lerner's car collides with big boulder (laughs) fact 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 (laughs) so I love this story. I love it so much. Wrap up. Frakes. Did she become a spirit of the woods? Or was Mrs. James just overexcited? Ew. Um, What? And then he... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're posing as, like, the answer here. Is that... Oh, oh, like, I guess the option is she just left. Like, she was not dead. She just left. Like, she dined and dashed on... You know, she didn't but like she's the cabin, a very, so but she she's a left. very serious businesswoman. You know, um, but like then he's like, but what of the newspaper? So then he's holding. So cut to Frakes back in the mansion. He's holding up the newspaper and he's like, look closer. So like the above the fold is like her headshot and it's beautiful and taking up the entire page. Sure, and it's like Diane Lerner's car and everything. And then like a little sub story down here is that a uh, bus accident happened and killed six kids. Of course. So yeah, demon children. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says, look closer. Then he says, is it easy to spot the truth? Or is it difficult to tell the forest from the trees? Oh, God. <laughs> we got a lot of good phrase phrases this time. Whew. So that is that is number three. I'm going the getaway. F- full fact on that one, just because it was delightful. I loved <laughs> it. I loved um, the ridiculousness of the businesswoman at the company who is taking her first vacation. I love that she's in the bubble bath with the candles on her cell phone, talking to the landlady. I love the demon children beckoning her to hell. I love it all. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So num- now we're getting into the last two, which uh, I kind of mentioned this before recording, listeners, but I feel like the the writers were like running out of time. These are much shorter and a love lot it. less detail. So number four, the prescription. The, the prescription. Frakes, the Frakes intro. So he's back, you know, he's in Morticia's layer Mm -hmm. and on his table there's like old school like apothecary stuff so like an astrolabe and like a bunch of like vials of weird mystery things sure 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 and he's like cocaine (laughs) right um you have ghosts in your blood let's do cocaine about it um so (laughs) the intro is basically like you know um for people in a certain generation your relationship with your local pharmacist was you know personal and you know, basically the whole theme of this is that technology is terrible um, and that, you know, you should have that personal connection or whatever. So he's like, Everett Spencer was an old school pharmacist and that modern times were closing in on him like a virus that he didn't have a prescription for. You mean like, um, a, first of all, 
a virus he didn't have a prescription for what do you know nothing for, about what virus? also yeah. was it like a coronavirus also <laughs> you need that close personal connection because you need someone to hook you up with cocaine in a legal fashion <laughs> but modern like, times and those laws were just closing in on him you know so uh so everett was a hero to his grandson martin which meant that grant that martin also became a pharmacist and you're hearing like an old typewriter going as this is. And you like zoom in on this. I didn't look him up, but he also looks recognizable as like the super old man that's in everything. Sure. Um, and so he's like typing the labels for his bottles, like what, on like the oldest typewriter known to man super slowly. Was it two fingered? Was it like oh, pointer uh-huh, finger, pointer uh-huh. finger? I can't keep up with these modern contraptions like a typewriter. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Frakes was like, Everett used to be sharp, but he was really slowing down, and Martin really wanted to modernize their practice, so now they're like, it's a family business. Martin is like a cool, hip pharmacist and isn't wearing a lab coat, but he's wearing like a long sleeve, like Henley, and then something that looks like a lab coat, but it's like short sleeves on top of it. Like, it's so dumb. Okay, if I ever see a quote-unquote cool, hip pharmacist, get me the hell out of there. (laughs) No, that is not what I want, sir. I, I, I would like my medical professionals to not be, well, except for your Dr. Weed, okay? But like, no, I want the person <laughs> who's actually giving me the medication to be very nerdy and not cool and hip. Thank you so much. So uh, the first customer that day is this old lady named Ruth. Everett greets her and it's very like two old people like oh how are you oh so good okay how's your sciatica and then right and so Everett's like Martin can you grab Ruth's prescription it's right there and he grabs it and he's looking at it and he's like it just says her name on it and nothing else it just says Ruth because it's cocaine (laughs) so he's looking at it he's like um grandpa like are these leeches like (laughs) there's no drug indicated on here and Everett's like we know what it's for Oh, we know. And gives it to her. And and she's like, and he's like, do you need anything else, Ruth? And she's like, no, this will will keep me going. And Uh, I bet it will. And so Martin's like, you know, what if she forgets? Like, I need to know what the drug is in there, too, unless it's a sugar pill. And Everett's like, he, he, he. (laughs) Because, and, and Martin's like, we don't do placebos anymore. Like, and, and Everett's just like, she believes it helps her. You just heard it's getting her through. And I'm just like, what does she think it's doing for her? She thinks it's blood pressure medication. Like, what does she think? It just seems rather unethical. Right? Aren't there, I don't know, rules that they have to follow? I mean, it's like some professional like, here, here are your sugar pills and it's a bunch of like M&M's minis. Yeah. Some so like, here you go. Isn't there a governing body that's like over their licensure who would say, that's not a great practice. So uh, Martin brings in a computer the next day and it's clear that it upsets Everett or whatever. And Everett's going to go either grab lunch. I forget why he's going to be gone. It's not relevant. So he has a little prescription that has been given to him and he brings it over and he goes, here is Mrs. Samuel's prescription. And he, I swear the actor says it this way. And I'm like, the director didn't go, maybe lean a little less hard on it. But he goes, I'm putting it right here on the board. (laughs) And then leaves. The I board get it, like Grandpa. A pin, board, a pin board type thing. Yeah, you know? I get it. Where everyone can see your protected health information, it's right here <laughs> on the publicly viewable pin board. And like, they're both like, yeah, it says 10 milligrams of something. Sure. 
so Everett leaves and then in comes Mrs. Samuels and she's like, hi, I'm in a bit of a rush. Can I have? And she's also like an older lady. Yeah, my cocaine, I, I, can I have my prescription? And Martin's like, yes, hold on one second. And he's still like trying to hook up the new laptop that he brought in. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, and he looks on the board and he go, and the prescription's not there. <gasps> Ghost prescription. And he was, <laughs> and he was basically <laughs> like, um, I just need to reconfirm your prescription uh, I know it's for 10 milligrams of drug X. Okay. Um, but <laughs> we call that drug X now. Of drug X. So uh, he's like, but I, I need to confirm it. And so he's like trying to get the computer to work, which again, like it's, ha- they've given him like a minute to plug this computer in. If it's brand new, he's going to have to do some setup. Like everyone needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah, no, that, especially in, in the nineties, like that's going to take, Remember how long it used to take to update your software? I mean, it still does, but man, that was like an all-day affair. So no, it's not going to be ready. And she's just like, I'm in a rush, I'm in a rush. And I'm like, Where do you have to go, old lady? You have to calm the fuck down. And so with this whole manufactured situation, I was a little like, whatever. So he's trying to get it, like, he's just, and you can hear him, like, kind of, like, banging on it a little bit. But I'm like, you can't really see what anything on the screen. So I'm like, what did they actually do with this prop? Mm -hmm. Um, So... Everett comes back and Mrs. Samuels is like, maybe you can help. Like, she's kind of Aww. a bitch. Like, maybe, she's like, maybe you can help me. I'm really in a rush and I need my thing. And he's like, well, I also know it's for 10 milligrams of drug X, but we're going to reconfirm it. And he's like, Martin, where's the prescription? He's like, it, it was on the board, but it's not there anymore. And I'm trying to log in so I can email their office and confirm. And Everett's like, we'll just call them. And the so, old fashioned way. Ahoy, hoy. This is Everett. <laughs> you know, oh, hi, dear. Can you... Can, can you put Dear. me on with JP? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, so finally, and they find out that it's supposed to be one milligram <gasps> Big of difference. drug X and not 10. And Martin's like, the 10 milligrams would have killed her. And they're like, <laughs> okay. So, and, and you never see Mrs. Samuels again. She never gets her prescription. And then they look back at the board and the prescription is back. And it was clearly written wrong and it said 10 milligrams. So if the prescription had not disappeared, they would have filled it wrong and they would have killed this woman. End of story. So, Frank's wrap-up. Who was watching over the pharmacy that day? Was it an angelic spirit who was going to save this woman? Um, Does this go down easy, or is it hard to swallow? Fiction, fiction, (laughs) fiction. I feel like this came out at the time that, like, HMOs were getting big, and everybody Uh was freaking out about medical technology, and some writer had some dust up at the pharmacy and with an axe to grind. And they were like, look, all I want to do is be able to go talk to my drug dealer, get my cocaine <laughs> from the pharmacy, just like granddad used to do. And this new cool hip ass punk pharmacist is making my life hell. Cause he's saying Kaiser won't approve it on his fancy computer. Like Why that. can't I buy more Sudafed to make meth? It's like they're tracking me now or something. That's um, all I want to do. Yeah. I mean, and like, what what guardian angels are like, whoop, 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 like, yoink, I'm going to take that. Like, I don't. Was that a Three what? Stooges noise that you just made? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just, it's very like, what ghost is doing that lifting? That's always yeah. my question, you know, but. Especially since she I don't... just like didn't pick up her medicine. Right. I don't want to sway your guess. Also, okay, false sounds like one. JP had a little malpractice on his hands. That's what it, <laughs> right? hope he's insured. Story number four. I have that down. You've said false. Mm-hmm. So story number five. Okay. Summer camp. Summer camp. And like Frank's intro is always like, you know, summer camp's so great, but for some people it's not so great because bullies. Okay. Um, so it's super great. 
Except when it's not. Yeah, basically. And his prop is like a Jansport backpack that he's like putting like flashlights and whatever in. Um, and so he says, for Anthony Shaw, everyone knew he was different, but they were about to see he was special. So Anthony Shaw is also super recognizable. He is played by Adam Wiley, who one, used to be in a lot of Crayola commercials, but two, uh, was on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, uh, yep. He was he was the nerd that Paris was super mean to all the time. Nice. Um, he was on an episode of Veronica Mars. When I looked him up, Wikipedia was like, former Crayola spokesman, meaning he was a kid in a Crayola commercial. Like. Crayola spokesman. Okay. So uh, it's raining. They're at this camp. And the camp looks like a friggin' like zombie apocalypse camp. Like it's not, there's no tents or anything. It's all like tarps and they're all like dingy and it just, everything is beige. Like it doesn't look like okay. when I, I, what I remember from going to like a sleepaway summer camp, I remember like cabins and you know, things like where everything looked a little bit more permanent and not like. It's a fly by night operation. Did it look like the summer camp at the movie last night? Do you remember when? when no, they, no, no, that camp, like that camp, was like run down and whatever, and taken over by slugs and yeah, stuff. But yeah. like that camp looked like it was more of a camp than this camp. This camp Ooh. is very much like it's just like weird, like flappy tents. Anyway, Ooh. Um, don't like it. So there's kids running around. You see one kid in the background, like with a bow and arrow, just going like this. Like he's not at an archery thing, and there's like kids running. I'm just, <laughs> just like, what is that in here? <laughs> you know. Um, so. He hates camp. Anthony does. He just wants to sit and read. That's why he likes when it's raining because they get free time. Um, and he just wants to be away from Marty and Darren, who are his bullies. Marty and um, Darren. So, like, Marty sneaks up on him and is like, I need to find Darren. I haven't seen him for a while. And so they go looking for him. And, like, they find him in a tent somewhere. And, like, Marty sneaks off. And, like, he finds Darren. And Darren is on the ground. And, like, all, there's all this blood on his neck. And, like... Uh, Anthony screams and then out comes obviously Marty but like wearing a Jason mask and um, so he screams again and then uh, Darren gets up and is like mm, ketchup you know mm, and then a camp ca Hilarious. and they're being they're being so mean to him and then like camp counselor comes in and goes you need to leave him alone cut to the next day and uh, Anthony is in his little cot like on a cot with a sleeping bag on it in this weird post-apocalyptic tent and is like just like kind of jerking around in his sleep so it's not like he's having a seizure but it's also a very active dream um and all these kids come in and like someone throws a ball at him going like Anthony, it's time to get up we're gonna Aww. go canoeing and he's not you know he's still you know shaking and stuff and one of the kids i swear to god is a baby aldous hodge and this is the star oh my god i love aldous hodge so much listeners i have to get into this so one Leverage is one of my all-time favorite TV shows, and he was a star on Leverage. Oh, my God. Two, uh, One Night in Miami is currently a movie that just came out, directed by Regina King, and stars Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke. He's in so many things. He was in Friday Night Lights. Um, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I love uh, him. Well, he's also kind of your type. <laughs> I love him so much, but I specifically love him because he is Hardison in Leverage. And listeners, do yourself a favor and watch Leverage. It is the best Happy Place TV show. I love it so much. This is Aldous Hodge. He might be 12. Aww. He's a baby. And I was like, oh! And then, like, his brother's in it, too, because his brother's also an actor. Mm. And I was like, they look really alike. And I looked it up, and it's both of them. He has <laughs> one line and is basically like, 
to the camp counselor like, Anthony's not waking up. I don't care. I was so excited. <laughs> I was, um, Alice Hodge is great. I love him. So uh, Anthony's not waking up. And then the counselor shakes him. And um, then he finally wakes up. And um, he's like, oh, I had a nightmare. And he's kind of like half under a blanket. This comes into play. And so he starts to describe this uh, nightmare. And he says it was so vivid. It was so real. Um, so he's running through the woods. And it doesn't look like he's carrying anything, but apparently he is. So he gets to, he finds Darren and Marty, his bullies, who have encountered a wolf. The wolf is like red around the muzzle like it has just eaten something mm-hmm. and it's growling at them and they're just like nice wolfie oh my god and then anthony like comes in to save them and has a bag of chocolate chip cookies like full of chocolate chip cookies like a ziploc bag with like 20 some odd cookies in it and starts tossing the cookies to the wolf who's like eating the cookies mm-hmm. and he's like to darren marty he's like walk behind me like don't run or he'll chase you and like it's like saving them and of course the, immediately they just run of course because they're, 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 they're but jerks. yeah okay. the wolf is just eating the cookies and so then cut back to anthony going like the wolf didn't even growl at me he was just staring at me so the wolf is and me then, and he's throwing cookies chocolate chip because that's really all i want <laughs> like, just, like i'll just moment. catch him out of the air and then uh darren and marty come running into the tent and they're like how did you beat us back here? And then they basically say that Anthony just saved them. Like With they were actually that at, at that moment, he was out in the woods and saved them. How did you get back here so soon? And then in the funniest reveal ever, Anthony like <laughs> opens the rest of his blanket and he's holding a bag. <laughs> End of story. Oh, um, I love I love the otherworldly chocolate chip cookies. I'm going all fact on that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Frank's wrap up, and he's basically just like, I forget. I don't think he had a good phrase phrase this time because I didn't. I didn't write it down. He's he t- picks up a, a bag of cookies, and he's like, "But what about the cookies?" Because he's saying like, "Did they yeah. imagine it yeah, or what whatever?" Because the they were so scared. And then he holds up the bag. He goes, "But what of the cookies?" And then he takes a cookie and eats one. So save one for me, Frakes. So you're saying true I'm so, on that one. I love that story. Okay. I love that the cookies saved them from the wolf and he was sleeping. I also like that he was sleeping with a bag of cookies. I like pretty much everything about right? that. And like then was surprised to see them. Like he was cuddling oh. them in his sleep and then was all like, oh, cookies. So. <laughs> Ghost cookies. We are wrapping it I up. cannot wait. I, I really hope I did better than last week. You did did do better yay okay so uh the wall with the bloody handprint and the shitty cop uh you said true yes it was true (laughs) baby yeah kicking it off uh i had also guessed true on that one um because can't you just let me have my moment katie Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Joking. Uh, so, uh, the chalkboard with the sounds from hell. <laughs> the use <laughs> You said false. Yeah. This one was true. I am so mad right now. I am so. This is a roller coaster of emotions. I am so <laughs> mad at that stupid ass story. No. Uh, um. Uh, the getaway. I'm slightly with- uncomfortable. Uh, 
the getaway with the woman who drove yes. into a boulder, yes. etc. Diane. Uh, yes, you said true. Yes. This was fiction. Oh, <laughs> story. Come on. With the, the demon children. Demon children beckoning her to hell. Come on. Frolic- frolicking away. Just yep. And yep. also the Frakes phrasing was just chef's kiss. <laughs> chef's kiss. Um, the prescription yeah. with the angelic presence question yeah, mark. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the cocaine. Yeah. Um, so much said, cocaine. You said false. Yes. This one was true. <gasps> so mad. No. Yeah. But, and I was also super, super mad. And I had also guessed false on this because Good. again, what ghost is doing that lifting? It you, makes no You, you see this sense. prescription? No, you don't. Right? Like, like that was basically, that was the suggestion Frakes had, was just, like, someone hit it Mm -mm. to protect the pharmacy, to protect that woman, and then put it back. It didn't protect the pharmacy. It protects that woman. Let's be honest. Yeah, right? And then, and there was also no conclusion to their whole thing that, like, technology is bad. Because either way. uh, And then, uh, the summer camp Mm -hmm. with someone being in two places at once and saving them. Yeah, chocolate chip cookies for the win. You said true, and this was true yeah. so i did do better <laughs> yes by one two. i got two uh, i'm on I an like upward say, trajectory <laughs> i would like to say uh all of them except one were true which mm, is not the diff- normal like, pattern yeah. right so like i i actually went back and checked to make sure i wrote it down correctly because i was like really four trues and one false mm. really now look I am happy that chocolate chip cookies came through for me. They usually isn't do. That gonna, isn't that going to kill that? Like, can wolves have chocolate? Is it going to kill that wolf? I don't know. Maybe the, maybe that's how he saved them, by killing the wolf with chocolate. Look. Maybe. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so that is, that's the, Amazing. so I do have one personal mystery. Ooh, week. I won't hear. It's not soup. It's not, it's not like street eggs, but it is. I get a lot of, even if I have a little no soliciting sign, mm-hmm. I do get a lot of just like random Same. catalogs and stuff. Yep. A lot of it is from old people who lived here. I get still get a lot of their mail. I have, I think I get the last three people. I still get their mail quite a bit. So that's annoying. But I don't know how I ended up on some mailing list that I got uh, a catalog called For the Love of Dogs. <laughs> and it's just all oh. dog stuff. <laughs> okay. Now, listeners, I like dogs. I'm not, I forget where I saw this joke, but I'm going to paraphrase it right now, that like cat people are neutral on dogs or positive on dogs. Dog people hate cats and are like weirdly vehemently against cats. But like cat people are generally just sort of like either dog neutral or dog pro. I am dog pro. I love dogs. I have never owned one or cared for one. I would not know how to keep one alive. I don't know how often you need to walk them, etc. I don't know how to train them. But I enjoy snuggling other people's dogs. MM can attest that there was a dog in our movie last night that stole my heart and that I was in love with the whole time. And the dog lives. So don't enter this thing thinking the dog's going to die because they don't commit that cardinal sin because you never kill the dog. Looking at you, I am legend. So, yeah, I'm dog pro, but I do not own a dog. Uh, everything I order to my house would be a Chewy, etc. is for cats. Um, I am a cat person. 
How did I get this? Where who sold my information? Wait, was this my name is on it? Was this the your name was on it? So this is not my from name a is on it. Oh, right. All my friends with dogs are going to get some cheesy ass gifts. See, maybe maybe much. Ollie is getting a, a new sibling in his future. <laughs> fiction that is fiction. <laughs> if if Ollie gets a sibling, that sibling will be a black cat because then they will look like Halloween together. Oh, adorable! Super husband's all about the. The pictures from like where the time hop videos yep. and pictures and so you know thinking about how we were heading out to disney around this time last year and it's almost almost we're coming up on almost a full year oh yeah i was in dc at this time yes. last year this is the time when i was the last time i was out on the east coast so we're gonna get to the time when you were out here in march and yeah. then it will have been the full year because listeners you don't know this but mm was out here in my home Mm -hmm. back when we didn't know what this was going to be and we were sort of just joking and just washing our hands a bunch and being like ha 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 well and i and i had a little thing of of clorox wipes that we took with us but we were going out Uh, yeah i mean not late to the bars but we well no we did go to a few bars but we it was like coffee shops and they were not socially distant coffee shops no and that we were and yeah because we were working we wanted to yeah. work in some different cafes yeah. and stuff we went to the and... museum we went to that one really cool restaurant that looked like it was in a church oh yeah witness yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so great we were the only people in there at that time but, <laughs> and i was like but yeah oh, we went to yeah that we went to the asian art museum it was wonderful um, i mean everything yeah. about it was was great but yeah no i had already booked it the was... flight so i was like yeah of course i'm gonna go Right. Well, and it was also like it was before there were any U.S. hotspots. It was just it was right. it was, there was starting like, to be talked about uh, everywhere, but there was no you know. There's a guy before in even, and then I was like, oh, Kirkland's yeah. not Seattle. It's fine. And, yeah. So that will be the full year, Dang. and we're coming up on. You know, I thought I would have one. I th- well, first I thought I would have no quarantine birthdays. I thought that thing was going to wrap up August, and now I'm like. Definitely going to have a second quarantine I know. Birthday. I was just Which, thinking about how we're going to have our second round of quarantine birthdays in the spring with in March and April. And uh, yeah. uh, that's all I was so, going to say. I, I'm like the demon chalkboard. That's, that is an accurate, like, <laughs> like, sounds from hell. That is the sound of hell. It's <laughs> the sound of being in quarantine for a year and having another round of birthdays. But we do hope everyone is staying safe. Um, you know, quarantine birthdays are better than getting anyone sick. They're better than, than no birthdays. Sick. Yes. Um, so stay safe and uh, let us know how you did. You know, let it, did, did you think that the demon children were real? Oh, come on. Everyone listening thought those demon children were real. Okay. I guessed false on that one. Shut up. You did not. You thought she ran into that boulder and was a ghost just like the rest of us. Come on. Nope. I mean, what? I was mad the whole time because of, like, I hate that thing of, like, I'm not paying attention. I know I'm drawing. Yeah. I, like, the only thing I do while driving is sometimes I'll change the music, but I do it without taking my eyes off the road. I'll just reach down because I, I have still have a iPod classic, my friends. And so I just, like, reach down and I hit the next. I don't, like, look at it. That's the only thing I do while driving. Everything else, I'm just, I'm very adamant. Like, I I'm not going out that. like Dawson's dad. I'm not. That. You're a very safe driver. I don't want anyone to be like, that's how she You does. barely like, didn't I... pick me up at the airport because you wouldn't take your eyes off the road. <laughs> I basically had to go out in the middle of the road to flag you down. So, 
let us know how you did listeners let us know how you're dealing with coming up on a year of of quarantine um and (laughs) the sounds of hell tag make some sounds of hell and tag tag at wine times pod in your insta story and what would you think a sound of hell would be um we may need to start a tiktok just so we can include the sounds of hell it has been suggested to us that that is how we would build our audience is by getting a TikTok. And as elderly millennials, we're both sort of like, mm. 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 we're both sort of like, mm. uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us at one times pod on Instagram or Twitter. Um, our personal accounts are at Katie Haas and MM is at True Crime Wine 69. Thank you as always to at official Chris Hansen um, for being you. Just for being you, bringing a smile to my damn face. Um, if you like leverage, talk about it with me. I love that show. Please I love it so much. Please.